0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Girl vs. God. I am so excited for you guys to be listening to episode 3 or watching if you're watching on YouTube and that's where the majority of my viewers or listeners watch anyway. My name is Princess Wusu and I have a YouTube channel called Talk of the Kingdom and this is my new project Girl vs. God where I want to have Godly conversations centered around scripture, Christian life, and just being a 20 something year old in the midst of living on the earth. So today we're going to talk about why we high key don't want to pray. Okay, So as we know, we all know about prayer. Prayer is essential to the Christian life. Prayer is our tool. It's our way to communicate with God. It's God's way to pour into us. It's our way to strengthen our strong man. It's our way to, um, you know, lessen ourselves with incarnality and flesh and really rise up in the spirit. It's our way to hear from God and for God to hear us and, you know, that kind of stuff. So prayer is super, super important. But why are we not praying? you know why are we not praying i think that most christians if not all christians when we talk about prayer there's this little thing inside of us that's just like i don't pray enough or i don't have the strongest prayer life or i'm not super consistent or prayer isn't my favorite thing to do you know what i mean you don't really see a lot of people who are really zealous for prayer in their private time not in corporate spaces not in church right because everybody's hungry to do something in church everybody wants to lead something in church but it's different when you're leading in church and you're not praying in your secret time, your private time, right? That's kind of conflicting. So I'm talking about like real relationship with God, intimate prayer. Why do we high key not want to pray? Um, so I was thinking about it and I'm like, because I love to pray, right? I love prayer and prayer helps me in my walk more than anything else. Um, because it strength. it gives me this really divine sense of strength. A strength that I never thought I could experience until I became a Christian. Oh, even then, with the giftings and all, the anointing and all, why am I high-key not praying? Why am I not praying as fervently as I should? Why am I not praying as consistently as I should? Why is it not the first thing that I do in situations, right? So I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know, sometimes I just kind of feel like prayer doesn't move me anymore. You know, it doesn't move me. It doesn't make me feel uh, like it's super magical. that makes sense but prayer works and we see it in scripture but it's not moving me you know and I'm just trying to be real it's not moving me to a place where I'm like yo those results I'm gonna do that because I want those results and so I was thinking in scripture like what moment has somebody prayed where I've been moved and I couldn't really figure out you know any examples but I could find examples where I wasn't moved or where I had to question if If i was moved and i'm going to share this with you guys so the first one we have is when hannah was praying and crying for a son we know that hannah was married to elkanah and this is all in first samuel and hannah wanted a son and elkanah had another wife panina who had children so it's it was mortifying for hannah to have to deal with the fact that her husband had children with another woman but not with her and so every year they would go up to the mount, and they would um, was it Shiloh? I think they'd go to Shiloh, and um, the family Elkanah would, you know, present offerings and sacrifices for his household. And Hannah would be upset about it, <laughs> because when they would all go together as a family, Panina had all the kids, and Hannah had no kid. Um, and this happened for years, right? This is wasn't just one year when she didn't have kids, and then on Christmas time, boom, a kid came. No, this was years. And so she got super fed up Hannah got super fed up and she refused to eat and she put up a fight and she resisted peace and she was upset about it and she was crying and praying and Eli the priest even thought she was drunk and after he and her interacted with each other God heard her cry and she he heard her prayer I should say not cry and she had a kid and his name was samuel the prophet as we know um and so in that story you know on the surface we're supposed to say well okay hannah prayed to god right she prayed for a son and she got one but when i look at it i'm like why am i not moved by this text why is it not pushing me to be like yo hannah could pray and get a son i need to pray for my finances i need to pray for my household i need to pray for my relationship like why am i not super pushed and pressed to pray and i think a part of that is because it took her years (laughs) it took her years it wasn't instant results it took her years year after year after year going up to that mount sacrificing with her husband and his wife and his children seeing them grow up watching the kids grow up year after year after year and she didn't have a son or a daughter to her name and she was praying i'm sure she was because the level of desperation the bible describes her to have shows someone who's frustrated so i'm sure she was praying right i'm sure she was praying for years and nothing happened for years (laughs) so i think when i look at that i'm like this ain't working Hannah <laughs> like this is not moving me because the results took too long it took too long you know and so I, I questioned well did the prayer work did it just was it just a requirement that you had to pray for five years you know what I mean and so I look at it and I'm like I should be moved because it, it, God made it possible he heard her cry he heard her her prayer he saw her desperation he met the desires of her heart but it took her years and so, some a part of that turns me off from prayer almost because I'm like, well, it took too long. Another um, example I could pull when I was just thinking, like, what puts me off about prayer and like waiting on God and like communicating with God and reach, like, pressing in 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 the faith, pressing, um, in the spirit, you know, what puts me off. And I was thinking about the woman with the issue of blood. Um, if you don't remember, there was a woman, and I think she was hemorrhaging, so just bleeding, right, every day, for. Was it 12 years i believe it was 12 years of bleeding every day to the point where she lost imagine if you were bleeding every day we already as women bleed on our periods that's what like a five to seven day period of bleeding and you already feel like you're going to faint and fall down the stairs <laughs> how much more for 12 years so she was bleeding to the point of having no energy um so much so that as the crowds were following jesus she couldn't because she was so weak, because she had lost so much blood. And so instead of, um, you know, running after him, running after him, she, you know, maybe she crawled or limped or whatever she did and she reached out to touch Jesus. And even though there was a crowd of people, right, there was a crowd of people chasing after him and touching him and calling out his name and, you know, trying to get his attention, for some reason, when she touched him, he said, who touched me? Right, so he felt, her touch he felt her her desperation and need for him for hope for a rescue for a savior and he said who touched me and then the crowd was like yo there's bear people here there's a lot of people here sorry <laughs> I'm realizing not everybody's from Toronto so some people won't know what bear means bear means a lot <laughs> and yeah there's bear people here everybody's touching me what do you mean who touched me? You know, and he was like, no, no, someone touched me like a specific touch, you know, and it was her. It was a woman with the issue of blood. And she said, if you're willing, heal me. And he did. So when we look at that story, we're like, oh, my gosh, there was a woman and she had a blood issue and she was losing blood and losing energy. And then Christ came and touched her and it all worked out right and it's supposed to move us to say no matter your circumstance no matter what's happening no matter how many people are crying out God can feel your touch come on somebody (laughs) God can feel your touch and it's supposed to push us to touch God right to reach him in prayer to reach him in our secret place but for some reason the story's not moving me it's not moving me (laughs) it is not moving me and it's not moving me because 12 years of bleeding 12 that is a lot of time (laughs) that's a long time to be suffering and sick and weak and weary and just with no hope with no sense of anything for 12 years so of course i'm super moved because jesus came and jesus did what he does and just performed a miracle But at the same time, I'm not moved reading the text and engaging with the scripture because I'm like, so 12 years? You know, so that puts me off. The fact that the results are not instantaneous, right? The fact that Hannah couldn't pray and then three months later get the kid. The fact that the lady couldn't be bleeding and then three months later get healed. Like the fact that things are taking long kind of puts me off from prayer. And I think that's why sometimes I'm not you know reaching for prayer when there's crisis because i'm like that's gonna take years i'm gonna do what i can and try and make it work for myself Do you know what i mean there isn't this sense of urgency to pray because i'm like well who knows how long it's gonna take you know and so that's something i had to be real with myself to say do i believe in prayer right what is prayer and do i believe it's efficient do i believe it's what god wants me to do do i believe it's working do i believe the spirit of god is moving Um, when when we as a body pray do I really believe that or am I just praying because it's the Christian thing to do or am I praying because it's expected of me or am I praying because I feel disconnected and I want to experience the sensations that we experience in prayer Um, am I praying expectantly or because I want an experience and so let's talk about that actually let's actually just talk about experience when we pray you know we sometimes i don't know i don't know about everybody's prayer life but sometimes we get to a, a space where we are moved to tears we feel you know the holy spirit just covering us we feel warmth or a tingling sensation Sometimes you feel fire in your stomach and you feel, you know, this really empowered moment to pray. Sometimes you speak in tongues and you feel like you're advancing in your ability to speak and pray in the spirit. So we're experiencing so many sensations um, and these sensations, they're good and they cause us to want to pray, but they shouldn't be the reason why we pray, right? I shouldn't want to pray because I want to feel tingly all over. You know what I mean? I should want to pray because I want to submit my will. In exchange for God's will, I want to know what God is doing in my life and how I need to be obedient in that process. I want to be sanctified by the Spirit of God. Like there's so many other reasons why we pray rather than just feeling tingly all over. And so sometimes we pray um, and it's dry, right? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I I have. You know, you're going through something or you're not going through something, and you know that you just need to be praying. And so you come. You know, to your quiet place and you put your arms together and you begin to pray and you're not feeling the tingly sensations. You're not feeling all of that. So you kind of feel like because you're not feeling those things, your prayer is not working or you don't have to pray or the best one yet, the spirit isn't leading you to pray. You know what I mean? So we start to sensationalize prayer um, and equate it to our emotions because that's when it feels better, right? It feels better to pray when I feel... Tingly. it feels better to pray when i feel fire in my bones but those aren't the only promptings to pray to be fair we don't even need promptings to pray because we have the command from the lord to pray we have the command from jesus to pray without ceasing. we have the command from god to pray <laughs> and so we don't need to wait for our sensations to kick in right there are benefits and there are experiences that we can value but they don't prompt us and they aren't the only prompts that we can experience in prayer and so sometimes you do need to pray right and you just need to <laughs> and it doesn't mean there's crisis and it doesn't mean that something has gone horribly wrong or right you just need to be praying like Christians need to pray every day and some days are mundane some days you just wake up wash the dishes go to work come back nothing spectacular happened. And you still need to be praying right and so I fear that some of us have attached sensations and prayer together and that's harmful because then i wonder when your sensations fail you and when your emotions fail you are you still praying right and we are to pray without ceasing that means we're not supposed to stop even when feelings are gone even when tingly sensations are gone we're not supposed to stop and so sometimes prayer even after you've worshiped and everything it can feel a little dry but that doesn't mean it's not working It just means you're not feeling tingly at that moment and so are we reducing God to only be able to move when we feel goosebumps or can God just move because we've prayed in obedience you know so these are some of the things I think about um, when I think about prayer and how I can be more active in it in my life personally Um, and so some of the reasons why I think we low-key high-key don't pray enough is because prayer isn't magical It's not magical enough for us. We're in a world of sensation and CGI and fantasy and Harry Potter and all the things, right? And so we want to see magic. We want to see fairies. We want to see miracles all the time. Um, And when prayer doesn't look like it's working in other people's lives or doesn't look like it's working in our lives or even in scripture, we're not moved by it um, in seasons. um, It's not magical enough. Because it's not magical enough, we don't pray. And that's dumb. (laughs) That is dumb. But we do it right we do it and i think that's a, a huge reason why i wasn't moved when i'm reading the scripture because my understanding of prayer is very hollywood right it's very much like people are praying and then, and then it's mulan you know what i mean and no who said it's gonna be like that who said um and the second thing i think is that it's not whimsical prayer isn't whimsical it's not light-hearted if we're honest it's requires focus and attention and time and Discipline, right? It's not just like oh pray 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 La, God, God. It can look like that, but it won't always look like that. It won't always feel so Disney It won't always feel so whimsical. Um, it'll take some focus and some effort And I don't think we're always willing To put an effort where Christ is concerned um, And that's a problem right prayer can do so much and has done so much. Think about when Peter was in prison and the church was gathered praying for him. And then the Lord sent an angel to literally walk Peter out of the prison. Like, prayer is working in that moment, freeing somebody from prison. Like an angel had come down, an angel, to open the door to be like, oops, sorry, to be like, hey, sir, <laughs> exit, an angel. Because the church was gathered and the church was praying. But like, prayer is effective, it's working. Prayer is how we see the will of God kind of unfold right right before our eyes literally but because now today in our day-to-day lives it may not look as magical and whimsical and it looks like work we're put off. we're put off by it because it's just more work that we need to do. and another point that I made is that we could be doing something else. instead of praying where there's quote unquote no guarantee, because somebody was waiting 12 years for the issue of blood to go away and somebody was waiting years for them to just have a kid Um, because there's quote unquote no guarantee I'd rather do something else and it's not just I'd rather do something else I think it's also I'd rather do something more numbing I'd rather do something that takes my mind off the fact that I need to pay for this thing and I think that's why we are addicted to Netflix because let's be real the shows aren't that entertaining but we sit there for hours episode after episode because it's almost like a numbing experience like we become so detached from our spirit and ourself and so distracted distracted enough to not feel um and to not think to kind of just exist and be um and i think that's why we would rather do something else We would rather do the numbing thing than the thing that requires effort and focus and energy and time and discipline um because there's no guarantee that that thing we're putting all our eggs in is gonna happen now right if i pay right now for a thousand dollars you know let's make it more sensible if i pay right now for healing for my knee there's no guarantee that right now it's gonna happen and so because of that we would rather just experience like you know do a numbing experience and just detach from the problem but then the problem doesn't go away so it is kind of redundant and it's kind of dumb (laughs) okay Um, and I want to talk about discipline prayer requires discipline because you are not gonna feel like it every day I don't feel like it every day. Nobody can tell me they feel like it every day. But you need to be disciplined enough to do it. Right? Every day. Multiple times a day if you can. You know? For long periods of time. Because we're not praying just for stuff. Prayer is our our intimate time with God. We become refined. We become sensitive to him. We, we grow in relationship with Him. He washes us. He sanctifies us. The scripture says that we are washed by the water of the Word of God. So when we are encountering Christ in scripture, in meditation, and prayer, we are being sanctified. Right? So it's not just, oh, so I need to pray for three hours and keep asking for stuff. Sometimes you just need to pray for God to wash you. And also, we pray so that we, we pray and intercede. We don't just ask for stuff, right? We pray and we ask God to intercede for nations, bring justice to people, help the poor, help with the times of Corona, help the nation, things like that. We pray to give thanks and God deserves a lot of thanks, a lot of it, right? And we we pray to do that. We do that in prayer. So we, we do everything in prayer. That's how we communicate and commune with God, right? And so it does require discipline because the tingly feelings aren't enough and they won't always be there Um, you will sometimes be moved after a sermon and you'll go and pray but that can't be the reason why all the time right And so you do need discipline um and you won't feel like it all the time and i guess that puts people off but i guess like i don't feel like dying for you to be to be real and frank i don't feel like dying on a cross for you right now i don't feel like people spitting on me for you right but Jesus did it I don't know if he felt like it when he said let this cup pass me but he did it and so when we when we think about the gospel and when we become gospel minded and remind ourselves of the greatest sacrifice on this earth that was done for me and you um, I think that should push us to pray even when we don't feel like it just just, just sit in a quiet space and that's why I love in Scripture I believe it's Matthew chapter 6 when it says in the message version just go away to a quiet place and wait and the grace of god will come on you that is everything you guys that is that is my sustenance in this walk with god and that's why i keep saying when i pray i experience this divine sense of strength because literally sometimes i don't want to i don't want to but i go away in a quiet place and i sit down and i just meditate on the scripture i meditate on the lord meditate on the cross and his grace comes on me to pray right it's a it's a strengthening to pray. it's like don't you just love god He helps us to pray (laughs) the holy spirit literally helps us to pray the holy spirit was sent as our helper Mm -hmm. and that's so dope that he helps us to do the thing that we ought to just desire and want to do but because of sin you know we don't um and finally another reason why i feel like we don't pray and i want to really change this hopefully with this podcast is because it's not glamorized we go on Instagram and we see all these people doing online ministry and we see the prophets, we see the preachers, we see the teachers, we see the bloggers, we see the evangelists, we see it all. Where are the prayers? Where are the prayers? <laughs> the prayers? Where are the people praying? Where are they at? Show me, please. Please. You know what I mean? It's not as glamorized you see people dressed up to the nines and they walk on the stage and they have the mic and they're witty and they're charismatic and they're all the things and they're teaching and preaching and comedian and doing all the things but they're not praying and there's nothing wrong with what they are doing but the fact is that they are not praying and so prayer is not glamorized if I was to ask you to name five people that you know in person or online that are praying, that are your role models in that area, in the area of prayer, you would probably struggle to name five. But if I asked you to name me five sermons or preachers online that you know and love and respect, Mike Todd, Stephen Ferdinand, TD Jakes, Sarah Jakes, do you know what I mean? Prayer isn't as glamorized, and I think that's the problem. It doesn't need to be glamorized, it needs to be normalized. And not normalized in the sense where it becomes mundane and it just becomes a behavior because i have a friend and she's not saved and when we go out to eat you know me i bless my food i don't know about you but i've watched way too many nigerian and african movies and i know all about that poison okay not about to be me not about to get (laughs) got but anywhere i go i make sure i pray over my food and so i close my eyes and i say a prayer if i'm with other christians i'll say hey do you want to pray and if i'm alone i'll pray by myself And she is so used to me praying that when we get the food at the restaurant and when they place it down, she'll just be like, okay, do your thing. (laughs) She'll literally just be like, okay, do your thing. And I'll just, you know, go there and pray and then finish. It's not powerful to her. It's just a behavior that Christians do. Do you know what I mean? She's not looking at it like, wow, in this moment, the Holy Spirit is moving. She's just saying, well, this is what Christians do. This is a Christian behavior. And so... I have to just respect that my friend is a Christian and she's doing that. I don't want that to be how we think, we, the body of Christ, how we think about prayer. That it's just a Christian thing to do. So I'm just gonna sit here and pray and check it off my list and go. It has to be something you're expectantly doing. I am praying and I know the Bible says the Spirit of God searches secret places. So when I'm praying and speaking and you know, casting my cares, I need to believe that the Spirit of God is searching secret places, is moving you know even when I don't feel the most moved because that is the power of God beyond myself God can work and move and be and exist and reign beyond me because he doesn't need us he doesn't need us that's why we we invite in adoption he adopted us willingly and I praise the Lord but God doesn't need you to pray God can move all by himself the fact that he's helping us to pray and moving when we pray and he's touched scripture says that god is touched by the feelings of our infirmity he's touched by what we are burdened by he's touched by our heartbreak or our hurt or our sickness or whatever he's touched by those things and he moves when we pray he moves when we agree with one another when we speak to him privately he moves and that's the lens we need to look at prayer through Right. A God who's moving, a living God, a breathing God, because scripture says he's not deaf. He's not dumb. He's not asleep. Like he's he's actively going and moving, and doing his will. And that's what we want. And so just because prayer is not glamorized doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it. Just because the Instagram Christian universe isn't talking about prayer doesn't mean that there's no room for it it's something we ought to be doing and so I really really urge you guys go through Matthew chapter 6 read it in you know whatever version you read but read it in the message version read it in the message (laughs) read it in the message version that's the standard of prayer that's Jesus setting foundational rules of prayer that's him setting the stage with prayer and that scripture has helped me so much um, and realign my understanding of prayer with God's Word so (laughs) i hope that you guys all enjoyed this episode and that was interesting enough i don't want to be preachy uh, and so i'm going to try and mix you know casual conversation with scriptural conversation but at the same time these are conversations we need to be having right Um, and also stay tuned you guys make sure you follow my podcast on spotify on itunes on anchor on all the things um make sure you follow me on instagram princess Usu and on twitter princess lusa as well i have some really fun exciting episodes coming up so i hope that you guys will support me and i will talk to you guys all later take care bye